Buffalo Bill helped shape the way we think about the Old West, but sometimes what we think we know about a legend isn't 100% true. Andrew McRae caught up with historian Tom Martins on the latest edition of The Scenic Route for help in separating fact from fiction. Of course, everybody has heard about Buffalo Bill and his, and his Wild West show, but what very few people know is the Wild West show was actually started right here in Columbus, Nebraska. We always associate Bill, Buffalo Bill with North Platte or Cody, Wyoming, and other places. But it's, it truly got its start here. And one of the reasons for that was of his association with our local frontiersmen heroes of the Indian War days, the North Brothers, Frank and Luther North. Uh, they were scouts for the Army at the same time uh, Cody was. And that's where they became friends and, and had mutual respect for each other during the, the scouting days. Um, after the Indian Wars period, uh, Cody got into uh, the first beginnings of what was the show business. And he was doing Eastern theatrical plays in places like New York and back east. And in the, in the wintertime, he'd come back in the summer and do some scouting for the Army and guide buffalo hunts. Uh, that was very successful, and so, but it was restricted Cody to what he really wanted to do. Uh, he came up with an idea for an outdoor show that he could travel with. And in 1882 in North Platte, where he had a ranch, they they put on what they call the Old Glory Blowout, and it was said to be the first organized rodeo in the United States. They had uh, cowboys and a stagecoach and buffalo and riding buck and broncos and all that, that type of stuff. And it was a successful, and Cody thought, well, I can put together a show and travel with this and make a lot of money. Cody was an entrepreneur of his time. He was always thinking ahead. He's always into making money. And he thought, this, this is a great way to save the history of the Old West. And so after that, 1882, he started thinking about putting this traveling show together. So he started planning that. And because of his association with the North Brothers who lived in Columbus, they started putting it together in North Platte. They came to Columbus in the spring of 1883 and set up at our what was our fairgrounds at that time. And Frank North uh, uh, was... Uh, associated with the Pawnee Scouts. They were a scouting party for the U.S. Army made up of Pawnee Indians. He also worked at the in the early days at the Genoa Reservation, uh, Agency Indian Reservation. So he knew the language. He, he knew the Pawnees. Uh, Pawnees were uh, good friends of Frank North. And so Cody called on Frank to uh, be uh, in charge of the Indian performers in the show. He also had other a uh, number of other people from Columbus that he knew that were uh, uh, participated in the show. And the time they came here, I think it was a logistical thing because they started putting it together in North Platte, came to Columbus, and then went to Omaha for the first paid performance. Well, when they started here, we had a brand new fairgrounds with a horse racetrack and a grandstand and just a nice facility, and the president of this fair association that time was James North, who was Frank and Luther's brother. And so it was a perfect fit where he could come practice at the fairgrounds probably for free, get all the locals here to help, assembly, do their rehearsals, and then they went on to, took a small train to Omaha and performed there. And it was a huge success. 
he uh, um, was a partners with a guy named Doc Carver. Buffalo Bill and Doc Carver were pretty much alike. And at the end of that season, because of continual disagreements and, and so on and so forth, they split up the show. And Doc Carver won his way, Buffalo Bill won his way, and Buffalo Bill went on to become world famous. And at that time, when they split up the next year, his show was called Buffalo Bill's Wild West. And it was forever known after that that way. So it actually got to start here right in Columbus, Nebraska. And so we were a very important part of that early Wild West show history. Now, Buffalo Bill didn't come back to uh, Columbus until 1909. He was very successful up into that point. Uh, even did a number of European tours in the 18, uh, 1880s. Um, but by the time the European tour, tours were over, he started to have some financial difficulties. And so he teamed up with another showman called Pawnee Bill. And so and that was in late 1909, and they called the show the Buffalo Bill's Wide, Wild West and Pawnee Bill's Great Far East, or sometimes referred to as a two-bill show. And that was 1909 when they came back to Columbus. At that same year, by the time they were back to Columbus, um, Buffalo Bill's good friend, Major Frank North, had died as a result of an accident in the show, and he died in 1885. But Buffalo Bill had so much respect and admiration for Frank North, he had a, held an elaborate um, memorial service at our local cemetery where he was buried. He actually took the whole show cast and paraded them down to the cemetery and did an elaborate ceremony there in respect to Frank North. And so that was pretty impressive. And I think that's probably the year that people referred to of, of you hear a lot of stories about Buffalo Bill. And one of the stories you hear about Columbus is that he would hang out at our famous Glitter's Tavern, oldest tavern, continuously operating tavern west of the Missouri River. And supposedly he went to Glitter's and bought a round of drinks for the house and slapped down a $1,000 bill to pay for the drinks, and the bartender nearly fainted thinking how he's going to make change for that. Well, that's a, that's a good story. I'm not sure it happened or not because... Uh, my wife and I researched uh, for many, many years the history of Buffalo Bill and in Columbus particularly, and we never found anything in the newspapers that actually said that. And so I think it was a story that kind of might have been a $100 bill, and it turned out to be a $1,000 bill, and that's how old legends go. So that's one of the stories that you always hear about uh, Columbus and Buffalo Bill and Glitter's Tavern. Uh, we came back in 1912 still with... Uh, uh, Pawnee Bill. By that time, they were they were starting to have some financial difficulties. In 1913, uh, Shaw was forced into bankruptcy by its creditors, and and everything was sold, including Buffalo Bill's horse. Well, Buffalo Bill was broke at that time, and some of his good friends, one of his good friends from Nebraska, actually bought the horse back at the auction and gave it back to Buffalo Bill. Well, he was in debt to a circus company called the Sells Floto Circus. And so he was basically forced to go on the road with the Sells Floto Circus and perform as Buffalo Bill. And he was a great headliner for the circus. So then they came back to Columbus in 1914. And in 1914, 
the Cells Float Circus and the Ringling Brothers Circus played in Columbus on the same day. Two of the biggest circuses in the world came to town that day and competed against each other. They estimated about twenty to 25,000 people came to Columbus that day. That was an immense number of people for a one-day show. That would, and I think the population was about 5,000 then. So that would be like 100,000 people come to Columbus today for an event. That was probably the biggest entertainment day Columbus has ever had when these two huge circuses were competing against each other. Uh, 1950, he was back with the Zell's Floto again, and that was the last time Buffalo Bill would appear in, Col- in Columbus. He desperately wanted to quit the, quit the show. He paid off the debt, and he became um, associated with what they called the Miller Brothers 101 Wild West show out of Oklahoma, and that was for one season in 1916. Uh, two months after his last show in 1916, Buffalo Bill died. He he wanted to quit. He'd he he'd made millions. He'd lost millions. He was old. He wanted to retire, and it was just one more season, one more season. And unfortunately, he didn't have another season. So, and between that time and in, in Nebraska itself, 1883 and 1915, Cody showed in 16 different Nebraska cities, performing in over 70 shows. So, Buffalo Bill had a big presence in Nebraska during the Wild West show days. He liked Nebraska. He had his ranch here. He had his friends here. And uh, so that was kind of the history of Buffalo Bill in Columbus. We had a a lot of early good history of Buffalo Bill here. And in times he was just traveling through. He would stop and see his friends, the North Brothers, or other people he had an association with here. So uh, yeah, we're we're pretty proud of Buffalo Bill here too. Are any of those stories about their practices here and some of the wild things that happen? How much of that is true? Because we hear a lot of those type of stories about yeah. their practices here. Um, and that's another story you hear. Even to this day, if, if Columbus is written about in a history book about Buffalo Bill or the Wild West show, we're either skipped altogether or what they write is in un, untrue. It's inaccurate. And one of the stories was that during the rehearsals, there was a, and there was a, the Deadwood stage was one of the most popular acts in the Wild West show. The Deadwood stage would go around the track and the, the, the Native American Indians would come out of hiding and chase the, the stagecoach around and of course Buffalo Bill would come to the rescue and, and that was a very popular act. Well, supposedly during the rehearsals, the mayor and city council were invited out to ride in the stagecoach. And so, because uh, this was just practicing, supposedly the mules, and they were pulled by mules, not horses, the stagecoach, were un- unused to this, and the, and the Indians started chasing them around, firing their weapons and so forth, and the mules bolted, and, and they had a heck of a time getting the stagecoach stopped. Well, when the stagecoach stopped, supposedly, the mayor, who was said to be handy with his fists, jumped out, and he was going to beat the tar out of Cody. And so somebody had to hold him back, and, and that was kind of the story. Well, there again, I don't think it actually happened, because that would have been big news in the local newspapers. Uh-huh. You know, if the mayor is going to beat somebody up, especially Buffalo Bill, that would have been headlines. <laughs> <laughs> so there again, I didn't find anything about that. Uh, there was a, another story related to that that was written or told to a local historian years later that, 
a couple of bo- small boys snuck aboard the stagecoach, and there was a runaway. And uh, and the uh, of course they got the stage stopped, but Cody found the boys in the stagecoach and give them a good chewing out because he thought maybe they caused the the runaway. And it was said that years later, when Cody was performing in later years, one of the boys, if he'd go to the show, he he said he 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 would tell the people at the show he'd like to see Buffalo Bill because he was the boy that snuck across in the stagecoach. And Buffalo Bill would invite him back to the tent, and they would have a nice talk. And so I think that story is probably more true than the other story. But there again, it's, it, uh, it's one of the stories you hear. And, and that's the difficulty about uh, uh, studying and researching buff- Buffalo Bill is, is, is what's true and what's not true. There have been so many books and stories uh, written and made up about Buffalo Bill over the years. It's, it's, it's come somewhat difficult. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Scenic Route. Remember, you can catch all of our daily broadcasts, find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and much more at AmericanCountryside.com.